Welcome to the final episode of LAOFCS Weekly for 2018. We're going to be talking about the best and worst of 2018. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Happy holidays, everyone. It is finally the end of 2018, and I think I say this with everyone at the table. Thank God it's over. Um, (laughs) 2018 might have been a great year for movies, but man, everyone who I know... Uh, personal life has not been too hot for them. Uh, I, of course, am Scott Menzel, and today I am joined by two of my favorite people in the whole wide world. So, uh, introduce yourself. Let's start with Rama. Hello, my name is Rama Tabubolon from ramascreen.com and the YouTube channel Rama Screen. Thank you for having me back, and I'm a member of LAOFCS. And where can we find you? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> YouTube.com slash ramascreen1. And I'm Kit Bowen. Happy to be here, Scott. It's been a little while since I've had a chance to come on the show, but I'm happy to be here. Uh, film critic and editor for Screen Picks, also member of the lovely organization here. Um, you can find me at The Movie Kit. And uh, yay, we can talk movies today. Yes. So, um, and didn't like. So this show is actually being recorded the day before, so we don't have the movie pick of the week. So we're still voting on that. So you can check out the Twitter and the Facebook for this organization. And, you know, tomorrow it'll be posted. So, you know, 2018, I feel like, was a very interesting year for films. I feel like there were some really great movies. I feel like there were a lot more disappointments this year, at least for me personally. And then the worst movies were bad, but not as bad as in previous years. Um, So I I know we all made our lists. Um, Let's kind of go through some of your favorites of the year first. To start start off on a positive note. (laughs) Well, why don't you start? Okay. So... You know, it's it's interesting because every year I love love to talk about this is that every year I start off um, my my film exploration by going to the Sundance Film Festival, and year after year, there's movies that I love that come out of that festival, and you know, a lot of people seem to say like Sundance, you know, what, who, who really needs to go to Sundance? I feel like there's a lot of criticism about it each and every year. Um, you know, oh, the movies weren't as good this year as they were last year. And it's kind of ironic that a lot of people said that this particular year, because three of my favorite movies of the year came out of that. Uh, and that is, won't you be my neighbor? Mm-hmm. Eighth grade. <laughs> oh, actually four Tully mm-hmm. and searching. Yeah. I, I did, these are just great films and ones that I, I absolutely adore. And I mean, Won't You Be My Neighbor is the film, and I, I've been saying this all year, but the, this is the movie that we needed this year. Yeah. This is the feel good, be kind to one another, you know, reminder that we can all get along even when the times are tough. Yeah, but it also made me miss. <laughs> miss Fred Rogers. Like, we just wish if he was just oh. still around, maybe he could keep keep that message alive. I know, I know it's in our hearts. You know, and and definitely that's what the spirit of that documentary is about. But, uh, yeah, I feel like we still need you, friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. How about you, how about you Kid? What it, well, I'm, I'm a little more of the populist. Okay. Uh, this this year. I, I was really, um, I'm, I'm, I'm liking a lot of these superhero movies. Black Panther starting things off was pretty spectacular. I loved Avengers Infinity War. 
I loved Ant-Man and the Wasp, to be honest with you. I, I, you know, I really like that. But, but I think, you know, as far as some of the smaller films or some of the other films, A Quiet Place oh, yes. was one of oh, my yes. faves, for sure. Um, and that came out early on. And I'm hoping it'll get some, maybe a little bit of Oscar love. I, I don't think it will, but, you know, I still hold out hope that it might get some. Um, Black Klansman, I'm sure that's on a lot of your lists. Yes, um, love it. Also, like come, the ones that have been released recently, Ben is back. Oh, We've of been course. We've been a big component <laughs> of Ben is back. We, we, Scott and I both love that movie. Yes. It's just, it is. It still sits with me. I also loved Vice. So I'm going to just put it out. I know, I know it's kind of divided and it's not well, necessarily getting all the greatest reviews. I that, that is that. I'm glad you brought that one up. That is fascinating because mm-hmm. when the reviews dropped, if you looked at all the Twitter reactions, this is kind of like it's almost having one of the DCU universe kind of fucking things going <laughs> on right now where like Vice originally was like praised. Every reaction I saw about Vice was like, oh my God, this movie's amazing, blah, 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 blah. And then the reviews dropped, what is it, like two or three days ago, mm-hmm. and they were so lukewarm. Where everyone's, I mean, I've seen certain people even call this the worst film of the year, yeah, I which know. I thought was like, what? It, it, it. it was problematic, uh, uh, but I liked it overall. Yeah, you know the, the whole narration thing was too ever present. You know, it was like a documentary at times. <laughs> well, that's kind of his style. Adam but Kay's, yeah, I suppose. You know, I guess, and I, I think I see some of the. Um, I understand some of the mm. criticism, which is you know with the Big Short, which yes. everyone loved. Yeah, it was kind of a complicated subject about the financial crisis, mm. and so he would have these people pop out and explain. You know, this is what this means. Blah blah blah, blah and it was funny, but it was also informative. Mm. He did the same kind of thing with this, and while I thought I thought it was great, I think some people were like, "You don't need to explain that to me," kind of thing. It's not as complicated of a story. It's really more of a biopic about Cheney. So it was, <clears throat> they thought that that was misplaced. But I didn't like. I thought the whole thing. I mean, just from like on the ground laughing hard, <laughs> yeah, to like going, ugh. It was it was a funny movie. I liked it. Don't get me wrong. I don't. I didn't hate it. I just hope that people also realize that. The actual administration was anything but funny. No, <laughs> yeah. well, that's the whole point. That's why you walk away from it going, "God." Yeah, because yeah. I mean, the it interesting be thing. Worse happening now. I mean, but... The thing what's funny about it is, and I, I read this a lot online yesterday, was people liked the Big Short because at the end of it, they felt the bad guy. Even though, like, there's the message of like, we know that it's going to happen again. There, it still kind of felt like the bad guys sort of got what what, what they were what they deserved. And in this movie, it kind of leaves you on the note, like you yeah. pointed out, and I know your husband was very upset about it. Like you just leave very, very angry <laughs> from this all movie. Over again, yeah. And I think it's one of the, one of these movies where we're in a period, we're in a political climate where we don't want to feel angry yeah. when we walk out of a movie. I mean, it's the reason, you know, like the whole thing that was going on with The Front Runner, which is a film that I thought was pretty good. Yeah. You know, like nobody wanted to talk about that aspect of things. No one wanted that right now. And it, it and because of which, you know, you can put Hugh Jackman and J.K. Simmons and all these big names in that movie and no one saw it. Because no one wanted to see a movie like that right now. And, yeah. and lastly, you just want to say that uh, I'm glad Adam McKay made movies like The Big Short and Vice. Because we kind of live in the United States of amnesia. Sometimes people forget and people rehabilitate certain figures that yeah. should not be rehabilitated. So it's good that he brings up that, that era again. Yeah. I agree. Sure. Yeah. Rama, what's some of yours? Oh, 
Yes. Oh, uh, one yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 Spider-Verse. Yes. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> it's literally, in my, I think, in my top three. I was just blown away by that movie, so I'm just going to... Really? Yeah. I agree. Wow. I loved it. I know he hated it. No, I didn't hate it. I thought it was okay. Don't don't start that. I didn't hate it. He didn't hate it. I, Drums. I didn't hate it. it was okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, Spider Man. No, no, no. No, no. You don't need to apologize. But because I, I agree, because Spider Man is on my list too. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's the only superhero movie on my list. There's no Black Panther. There's no Avengers: Infinity no. War. Um, uh, as far as Sundance goes, I have Searching and uh, Eighth Grade uh, Hereditary. That came out Sundance. Yes, right? it did. Thank yeah. you. That's on my list. One? Yes. I have yes. that on my list. Yeah, yeah. And and usually, you know, every I've never been to Sundance, but usually, uh, you probably can correct me if I'm wrong. But people are always like, okay, what's the movie that comes out of Sundance that will have the momentum all the way through the year, like Precious, all the way to the Oscars? You know, <laughs> well, I'm hoping uh, any of these three would yeah. uh, would well, do that. Well, you know, the funny I did love Eighth Grade too, but not enough to put it on my top ten for some reason. I- it's yeah. not in my 10, it's in my 18. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's funny because the reason why I brought up the whole thing about Sundance yeah. was I remember this year in particular. I've been, I've been going for about six or seven years now. Mm. And this year, every time I walked out of a film and when I read up like when I read about the recap articles, everyone's like, who are these movies for? You know, there was nothing that stand out. And I mean, you like, like we're literally going through this and like five movies we mentioned came out of Sundance, which I believe is like more than any of the previous years. Like last year, the big one was get out, mm. which is kind yes. of funny because it wasn't even on the program. It was a special screening that they just surprised people with. And that was the biggest movie to come out. You know, you think you, you think back about Precious. You know, there there is usually one or two movies that come out of there. But this year, the the fact that there's like five or six that being yeah. talked about. And every, Sorry to Bother You is another yeah. one. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's like you can go on and on. And like, people were like, no, 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 it's a weak year. It's like, no, it really <laughs> wasn't a weak year. It was probably one of the strongest. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just uh, Mission Impossible Fallout is number two for me. I oh, love wow. that film. I yeah. loved it too, but I think oh. some of the other ones were a little higher up for me. But, yeah. Uh, no, it was great. It's so amazing. I've watched it a thousand <laughs> times. <laughs> Yeah. But, yeah, that, that's I also see you have Roma. Roma's also Roma. on my list. Oh, man. Such a beautiful film. And I know you don't like it, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's um, I don't know. I have to defend, like, like, these guys are so hard on me. It's like, I just thought it was okay. I didn't think it was as good as everyone well, else. that's okay. I mean, that's yeah. the whole point of this thing. I, yeah. I think, I think, well, for Ram and I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm not speaking for you, but when I was watching it, like, it was just washing over me. Like this, this tableau of what it was telling you know. It, it, I, I think somebody said on Twitter, and I retweeted the person. I can't remember who it was, but it was like the first half of it. You're like slice of life. You're like, I'm not sure if I'm gonna. Am I getting into this? But I, you know, and then all of a sudden it kind of changes tone and and becomes you know sort of more dramatic in in in, in a lot of regards. But like I was saying, I was so immersed. Yep. In this universe that just, yeah, I, I was, thought it was amazing. No, I agree. I agree. I was a little surprised, though, coming into the screening. I thought, where's Italy? Where's uh, the city of Rome? <laughs> <laughs> it's not about Rome. Yeah. No, just kidding. Well, apparently that's the name of the, I think we learned this the last time, right? It's the name of the, of the community in, yeah. in Mexico City. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. And uh, um, I, and my number one is Green Book. Love Green Book. I, I really like Green Book, too. I do too. It's, yeah. it's 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 on my list, too. Pretty high up there. Because yeah. I just... You know, 
all the controversy aside with this movie, which I just, I just, I don't get people it. can't, people just can't just accept things. Like they, they have to dig into things and just take, just take it for what it is. Just enjoy it. It's, it's a, a feel good movie. It's a feel good yeah. movie. Greatest Showman was not about P.T. Barnum. Right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. This was a true story. Greenberg was a true story. This yeah. happened. Yeah. So yeah. It's like... And I mean, it's, it's funny because it's talked about in, you know, to talk about the controversy real quickly, you mm. know, it's talked about um, in the movie about how he, he, Don Shirley did not have much ties to any of the family. It's talked about, I, I mean, I did interviews with every single person in this cast. Everyone brought this up. Don Shirley did not want this movie to be made until he passed. Uh, he was not close to his family. All this stuff. There's there, This is literally like, I feel like we're going into like the election, right? Where it's like, show me the birth certificate. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like they're going to have to release... Like oh, he didn't all, want a movie made about it. Yeah. Oh, like I the, didn't know that. They, they, he didn't want a movie made when he was alive, uh-huh. because he didn't want people to know about. It. He was a very private person. Oh. Do you know? Just kind of like some of the stuff that's shown in the movie. You know, like the closeted homosexuality that's mm-hmm. in the film. The fact that he never wanted to stir up trouble. You know, it, and and I guess like what they're what the argument is right now is that. This stuff can all be said, and it's just very one-sided because there's no one on the other side to kind of defend it. And then the few people who have who are family members, you don't really know if they just because they don't agree with what the movie's showing and that they maybe they didn't know that side of his life. Right. So it's kind of hard to know where this really plays and where w- what's being truthful. But I feel like it's an election thing where like they have to re- like release the, the the audio tapes and all the stuff that they have that they use to create this story, mm-hmm. and then they can kind of clear their name. But mm-hmm. is it really necessary for a freaking movie that's just trying to be entertaining and feel good and just show that two people from two totally different worlds can get along? I don't think so, but apparently other people do. Hmm. Well, I thought it was a very sweet movie. And it's not a you know outrageous request on the part of Don Shirley. I mean, I, no. you know, compared to like Fred Astaire, that actually I think did a clause or something that says that uh, there should be never never any movie representation of me on screen whatsoever. I think Fred Astaire did that. And did Ginger. he really? Yeah. So that's why we never see any depiction of him. So there's no biopic ever going to be of yeah, Fred Astaire. Huh. Exactly. So you know, yeah. it's not that outrageous, you know. So it's it's, that's it's no very movie. interesting though. I'm yeah. that that's. <laughs> It's like before I die, <laughs> well, after I, th- I die, you cannot make a movie about exactly. it. Exactly. It's just, I mean, there, are, there, there is this thing, right? This is stigma in Hollywood that, like, whenever someone passes, mm. or if they're even when they're alive, that the adaptation of their life is going to not be as authentic, yeah. or it might paint them in such a negative picture and family, pe- their their legacy yeah. doesn't want to be like tainted, right? And I guess that's the struggle. All right. So um, other ones that I would like to just point out here that I, I have a lot of love for. I know Ram, I'm, it, was this one on your list? Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, number nine. Yeah, I, I have that. I have it's in ten for me, and I mean I thought that was just a that's great. That's my film. bonus on my uh, honorable mention. Ah. Sure, yeah. yeah, I mean I love that one. I'm glad you said Quiet Place, kid. I really love that. Another movie that really resonated with me, and I, I and I again, it's personal. You know, when we talk about these movies, um, is Instant Family for yes. me. 
I, I just I almost put it on there. I really did because I did. I I really walked away from that movie. Talk about feel good, but also you laugh a lot. I mean, it's really it mm. it just it kind of hit a hit a hit a strong chord for me for sure. Yeah, but it's 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 really me. emotional that yeah. movie. And I, I I've said this on air uh, when this movie first came out is that. I haven't had a, this sort of emotional reaction from a film in quite some time. Um, there's a lot of movies where I feel like I relate to characters and stuff like that. But this one where, like, it reminded me of, like, my entire life. Like, yeah. my, you know, like, seeing, you know, having my brothers being adopted and going through all the struggles of what that was. It just all came flooding back by the time this movie came to a close. And I was just, like, a freaking mess walking yeah. out of it. <laughs> So. I think anybody who has, you know, adopted or foster care situation, this this movie really just kind of painted a really realistic and poignant and funny picture of it. And it is. It is. It's a great little comedy. I, you know, I hope that it'll get some life and, you know, Blu-ray and people will. Yeah. Can, can I add to that a little bit? Sure. This is Marissa in the booth. Hello, everyone. Hello. Um, I, I actually love this movie as well, and I'm actually adopted, and my, all my siblings are adopted. So it really hit home to uh, me. Uh, and I think they did it so right, the, yeah. the adoption community and the foster community. Like, they shed the perfect balance of light and comedy to it, and yet still... Heart. Yeah, definitely heart, and but yet took it seriously because they... It is such a realistic thing, and I think they did a great job. Yeah. I did not know that about you. That That is fascinating. I have, I don't know if I shared that with you, but I, I have my brothers, all six of them are adopted. Yeah. So it's, it's very, you know, watching a movie like this, I feel like we've never seen a movie about adoption that's been entertaining and honest like right. this. I mean, sure, you can probably watch a documentary, but I've never seen a feature film like this. And the guy who directed the film, that was this was his story. He, this happened to exactly. him and his wife, and so there's some like we said, passion and real perspective thrown into it. So. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, Sean Anders is the director of this, and I thought he did an <laughs> incredible job, and apparently he, he pasted this whole movie together from not only his story, but he went out to all the foster families and kind of got bits and pieces of, of their stories yeah. and they put it together <clears throat> and that they actually had foster parents and foster kids on set. So they wanted to ensure that it was very realistic and yeah. true to, true to life. Yeah. So, um, and let's you, see. Do you have hey, you give. hey, you give. Yeah, oh, no, no, I was going to say that. That's my number. That was, I was going to say that was, that's my number. That's my personal number one. Oh, okay. That's my personal number one. Um, just, I, th- this movie for me, um, again, it, 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 in a weird way kind of ties into my personal life, uh, which is weird because people are like, how, how is this story personal to you? Um, again, I have four brothers who are black and I have grown up in, in an environment where I grew up in a mixed race household. And it's fascinating as, as my brothers have grown up, the difference the differences that I see of how they're treated, how people view them, how it's like to be one way around one white people and be one way around people of their own background. And um, I felt like this is very honest and very realistic. But also what I what I loved the most about this was we've seen a lot of movies about race this year, a lot of things about the struggles of, you know, being a person of color. But this one being told from a female perspective and a young female perspective is is really what sold me on this movie above everything else. Yeah, it's it's a great movie. It really is. And I think 
um, the family dynamics in this movie is what really draw, drew me in. You know, the the father and the you know they're the her parents and how they raise their kids to be hypersensitive, hyper aware, but also you know to be yourself. You know, and to to live your dreams and to you know not not feel like you have to be pushed down because of of your color. So I mean, there's just a lot of stuff going on in this that was great for me i think it went on a little too long that's why it's not one of my tops but um uh I, i'm glad that we picked it for best picture though for yeah. for the la online film yeah. critics because well, it's it is a very meaningful film what struck me was the top yeah you know the top that they have when it, when you get pulled over is what you do and you know some it so hit me when, when that scene is like oh maybe families out there actually have this talk that you know certain families like mine did not and you know now you understand why they need to have that talk. Mm-hmm. So that that really like yeah, wow that, for me. That really hit me. Yeah, and the fact that they kind of open up the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with right. that, it, it sets the tone mm-hmm. for the rest of the film, um, all the way up to the end. I mean, it, there, there's there's levels of this movie where it goes to where I felt were really bold choices, especially near the end. I'm not going to spoil, it, but there's something with a little kid that happens near the end. And I just thought that was like, you know, we hear stories about stuff like this on the news all the time. And, you know, here they are showing this in a film and they're using it almost as like that final gut punch in the movie. Yeah. On a not so uh, heavy drama note, um, one of my honorable mentions is Game Night. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love <Yes>. Game Night. <laughs> Remember how fun I that am, movie was? I am such the womp womp of the group. I am like, that's okay too. <laughs> you know what? And watching it again because it's playing on cable right now. Watching it again, it gets better. It yeah. keeps getting better. Jesse Plemons so you need to watch movie. it again, Scott. I think you might. Have I saw it twice. <laughs> I did it. It did not work for me. That's one where I really do kind of dislike it. The other ones I think are okay, but that that one I'm kind of like, Mm-mm. sorry. I know. Roll your eyes. It's okay. He doesn't like it. I know. I don't, I don't like. He's anything. very picky. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> very hit or miss with this guy. Um, I know you didn't see this movie, Kit. Uh, Rama, can we? Uh, we need to talk about this movie because yeah. I feel like this is the the one of the sleeper hits of the year. A simple favor. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blake Lively and uh, Anna, Anna Kendrick. Kendrick. Yeah, it was it was good. It was good. It's one What'd of the think? few movies, and I was joking with a friend of mine. It's one of the few movies that I would actually label sexy. <laughs> like, I, I really like most movies where they attempt. Like we were talking about disobedience. Like, there's a scene in Disobedience where I'm like, "This is not sexy at all." Um, but, but but simple favor. I was kind of like, "Okay, this is a sexy movie." <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, well, I can't wait to see it. It's not on my list, but it's a good movie, and uh, I remember watching Dis- Disobedience. Too. And, and I get where you're coming from now with that argument. Yes. Yeah, I totally get it. Well, everyone was talking about it. There's another one who came out and said, Oh my God, did you see this scene? This scene is so sexy. And I'm like, Me and Kit were watching it. We were like, mm, Not so much. Uh, one more shout out, of course, uh, Paddington 2. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, beginning of the year, I know a lot of people are like rooting for this movie. I mean, it. They did no push for it near the end of the year. Of course, it wasn't going to be nominated. It's one of the sweetest movies you'll ever see. Uh, so oh my god! If yeah. you haven't seen it, please do because you'll just be <laughs> touched to your core. This is so <laughs> sweet. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Rama, start us off with your disappointments. 
<laughs> By the way, you don't say that. Uh, you, can't, you can't say the same about a lot of sequels out there. You know, when it comes to Paddington too. It was oh no, a rare specimen, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a sequel that just stands out. Right. <laughs> okay, so worst of the worst, right? Or you want to do, let's do disappointments first, and then we'll go oh, into worse. Disappointments. Oh. Um, I have Dumplin. I was looking forward to Dumplin, <laughs> and that let me down. <laughs> yes, and I again, that's another one where I feel like I walked out of it, and I was kind. Of, I texted you right away, and I was just kind of like, "That was really okay at best." Um, and it's weird because it's another one where I feel like a lot of people are really loving. They're really swooning over that I movie. Seen it yet. Really, um, and I and I love Danielle McDonald. Yeah, uh, she she is to me one of the most patty cakes. Yeah, she's like so underrated. She was in um, there was another adaptation of a book that she was in, and like it just went nowhere. Um, and I, I she's in something else coming out at Sundance this year. I really hope someone you know pushes her at some point and like really makes her a star because she has talent and she's great, but. The, the movie just, I mean, Bex in that movie <laughs> was just, like, the most annoying, irritating character. Like, it was just, like... The material stinks. Yeah. Yeah, the, the writing. And then the other disappointment is Marwin. That's what I have. Welcome to Marwin. Margot Marwin. I was looking forward to that one. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Me too. Full disclosure. <laughs> out of every single film that came out in 2018... <laughs> With how much I was disappointed with, I don't know, First Man, Beautiful Boy, nothing hit me the hardest, like how disappointing Marwin was. Because Steve Carell, Robert Zemeckis, this story, which is, you know, based on a documentary, based on a real life story, Marwin Call, which is, if you haven't seen this documentary, do yourself the favor and check it out. It is fascinating. But this movie is just so mediocre. I mean, <laughs> there's no there's no nice way to put it. I mean, I, I think I'm being nice by saying it's mediocre because I have seen multiple people post that this is one of the worst movies of the year. I wouldn't go that far. But, I mean, you see the potential. This movie opens so strong, that first mm-hmm. like scene of the it movie. It starts out strong. It's really great. And then you start building. And, and it, you know, we shouldn't go into too much of reviews, but, like, there's it's a, coming out this the, week. Yeah, there's, there's, a, <laughs> there's a traumatic event that happens yeah. to uh, Mark, Mark Hogan Camp. And the film just keeps hinting at it, hinting, hinting, hinting. And it never shows it to a point where it gets that emotional effectiveness that you need it to get to. And then you have these women of Marlin who, like, should be the most fascinating and interesting characters. And they are never explored. It it's like I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Yeah. I mean, the visual aspect of the film is fascinating. You know, you 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 know, seeing these dolls brought to life with, you know, their faces, you know, on the bodies, like that's that's sort of fascinating. But you only can be fascinated by that for so long until it you need the story right. and you need the character development and that's where this movie just Yeah, falls. I agree. I agree. And one one yeah. last thing they make Mark Hogan camp as the movie goes goes on into such a pathetic, perverted, creepy, creepy guy. Yeah. And I feel like that is so unfair to him as a person. I know. Like I think there's a scene where he just randomly watches porn that I have no idea why they threw it in. Mm-hmm. It it just feels so awkwardly like thrown in there. 
Um, and then there's this story that goes on with him and Leslie Bibb that just ugh, like it just, it just Leslie Man. Oh, oh, oh Leslie, Leslie Man. Sorry, Leslie Man. Yeah, that I'm just like. Hmm. <laughs> I, I no, I agree with all those points. And to add uh, a few more, if if I may. Uh, you know, uh, uh, there's a point in the film where I felt like, oh, you know what? I feel like I just want to stay in the doll animated sequence world or the Marwan world. I don't want to know about the human, you know, uh, right. characters. You know, they're boring. But it it got too repetitive. It got exhausting. You know, the whole fighting Nazis again. That's all they got. <laughs> it's like, like like you said, like give me some, give me something, give me give me substance here, and they they never give it to me. And then also. Um, the other point I have was uh, the inclusion of Back to the Future. I, I guess that's a spoiler thing, but I don't, I don't understand why that has to be in there. It's such, it's so distracting. Look, I get it. Robert Zemeckis directed the film. I get it. Like, we'll have a time machine, a DeLorean-like kind of vehicle, but it, it just takes you out of the, the story. Is like, what is going on? I, I, I didn't like it. Well, I missed it. So, <laughs> <laughs> what are some disappointments for you, Ken? Well, I think we're all going to agree with this one. Mary Poppins returns. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really it, look. It it isn't a horrible movie by any stretch. You know, it isn't like just where you're rolling your eyes. Although I yawned a lot, it just didn't, <laughs> it just didn't capture my imagination like Thank the original. You. None of the songs were all that catchy to me, and I literally just watched it the whole time, thinking, "Gosh, I just want to go home and watch the original again." It was trying so hard, though. That's the thing. It was trying so hard to be like the original or to be a good follow up to the original. Um, Emily, saying that Emily Blunt is still amazing in it. She brought something to the character that enhanced it. I thought, but just the rest of it was just like, you know, I, I literally <laughs> was yawning. I, I literally was looking at my watch, uh, I, and it's sad because. But I, the thing is, is I don't think everybody feels that way about this movie because <laughs> it's getting a lot of great reviews, and I think it'll probably I, make a lot. I of wouldn't money, say but... that. I would say it's getting like media, you know, like lukewarm to good reviews. There's a few people who are like over the moon about it, but when again. That was something like leading up to the release where I felt like, oh, this is going to come out. It's going to have like a 98%. It's going to be like the thing. It's not as it's not as but well it received. But still has a pretty good percentage on Ron. Yeah. I think it's in the 70s. I don't know. It's just, it just didn't, just didn't grab me. Yeah. And I wanted it to. Me too. <laughs> Especially with Emily Blunt. And I thought Lin-Manuel Miranda would be a great addition. He kind of wasn't. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. But Ben Winslow, Ben Winslow, who plays the older Michael, I thought he was really good. So really, between those two, Emily and Michael, I was like, I mean, Emily and Ben, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm somewhat into this. But then the rest is like, <laughs> <laughs> agreed. Thoughts, <laughs> Rama? It got to the point where I think uh, our mutual friend Jenna brought this up. Lin Manuel Miranda kept popping up. It felt like a Lin Manuel Miranda Returns movie. <laughs> it's like, why? Why does Jack have to be in the scene? <laughs> he keeps showing up. <laughs> it is a little distracting that he's in the movie more than Mary Poppins. Um, you kind of wonder, like, why? And too much so that I felt like he was playing too much of an homage to Dick Van Dyke. Mm. In the original, like it was just he did like a b- little slightly better job with the accent. But yes, not no. And by the way, the best part of the movie is the Dick Van Dyke cameo. So I'm just going to throw that out there. And uh... yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's the only point in the movie 
Well, no, there's two points. There's there's a scene where she comes down from the sky that kind of gave me goosebumps a little bit because it's kind of like that iconic character coming back. And then it was like flat. And then it's like that Dick Van Dyke scene. And you're kind of like, of course this was going to happen. But it works. It does work. <clears throat> it works. Everyone cheered. Oh, my God. It was, that, was the, that was the they weirdest cheered. thing. I was the only one. It's a funny story. Me and Ashley went to see this. And we went to a guild screening. And it was one of the very first guild screenings. And at the end, Emily Blunt and Rob Marshall came out. We were the only two people. We're such assholes. Uh, we were the only two people in the theater who didn't stand up and, like, applaud the movie. We literally sat there, we literally sat there until, like, everyone was done. Because it was just, like, it's weird. I just didn't feel that overwhelming, like, rush for this movie. Yeah. And I'm glad you pointed out that the songs weren't catchy. I'm glad you pointed out that there's too much of Lin-Manuel in this movie. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, Meryl Streep is completely freaking pointless in this movie. <laughs> there, there was just such, such unnecessary reminders of the original where it just feels so lazy. Yeah. Like there's, there's, you know, there is a kite in the movie, but we can't have a song about a kite, so we'll have a song about, about a, a balloon. balloon. <laughs> and it's like, okay, great. And then there's like, no, like, hey, we didn't have, you know. I'm not going to spoil who who appears, but like we couldn't get Julie Andrews, so we'll get someone else to you know come back, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, that was it, a disappointment. It was a huge disappointment. Agreed. Uh, do you have any more that you want to mention for disappointments, or should we move on to worst? Worst. Okay. Worst. worst. All right. So worst. Kit, start us off. Oh gosh. Um. <laughs> Well, you know, look going through the uh, <clears throat> going through the list of all the films released, you know, I had to to remind myself of what I was like, ugh. Um, fifteen seventeen to Paris. Ah, uh, yeah. Clint Eastwood movie that literally was two hours of wasted time and like no, an hour and twenty minutes of wasted time and about twenty minutes of action. <laughs> that was kind of compelling them. The rest of it was like you know, trying to use the real guys. It was just a total miss on my part. Fifty Shades Freed, of course. Everyone's going to have Oh, yes. I mean, just, just so eye-rolling. But at the same time, it can also be <laughs> one of those, ah, uh, you know, I just might turn it on for a second and then go, yeah, that's still bad. Uh, Red Sparrow was sort of a... Oh, part. my God, Red Sparrow. <laughs> that Jennifer is... Lawrence wasn't bad as an action, but oh my, my God, that, that was movie. <laughs> oh, my God. That was you, was you, me, Ashley, and Jenna? Yes. Was it like... We went from freaking Gringo Yo, to Red Sparrow. Right. Gringo. Oh, and which was I mean, better. I, yeah, which was better, which is amazing because I didn't feel like I was being tortured for two hours, yeah. like I felt when I watched Red Sparrow. Uh, that that I, that was a run-on joke for like the first half of the year. That I, every time I think I saw you or I saw a couple other people, I said at least it wasn't as bad as Red Sparrow. Yeah. <laughs> That 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 was like I mean I I kid you not the movie is about torture and that movie felt like torture watching it. It was pretty bad. A Wrinkle of Time is also kind oh, of oh so terrible. <laughs> Boy, wasted wasted opportunity right there. Again, I, I I feel bad slamming on a movie because it was you know it had lofty intentions. It was directed by Ava DuVernay, who's you know she's she's an okay director, and you know Oprah Winfrey's in it and. I again, it was just like you know, you just fall asleep. There's just no 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 spark to it at all. Uh, Mama Mia, here we go again. Sorry. Uh-uh. Oh, I love Mama Mia. Yeah, I just don't. It's just <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mary Poppins. I, 
I just I hate movies where they just break out into song just because they're supposed to break out into song. It just I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong. I way. will. <laughs> I will listen. I I will. I will argue with you and I agree with you on that point because my huge criticism with Mary Poppins Returns, if you're someone who like loves musicals and follows musicals, and 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 this is where I kind of would say that I would protect Mamma Mia a little bit more is that some of the songs in Mamma Mia, not all of them, some of them tie into what's going on in the scene or like what's about to happen in Mary Poppins. The songs just stop the movie dead in its tracks. There is no point for any of those songs. Exactly. As much as people, you know, I, I, people know this about me as much as, you know, people don't like greatest showman. The one thing that you can say about that, that movie is that the music moves the story forward. Every one of those songs makes sense as to why it's in the film at that particular point, and it progresses the story. Mary Poppins Returns does nothing. It just It's just like, here's a number, we're going to stop, and then we're going to go on with the story. And it just... Well, there were a couple of songs that made sense, but other than that, you're right. It just didn't... Nothing, but that's the problem. You can't even remember what they were or yeah, any of the lyrics. What, the one where she's telling them to remember their mother, you know, and that kind of thing. In the lost place, or whatever. I thought that was a sweet. That was about the only song that kind of got to me a little bit. But other than that, where the quiet. What is the hell is that song? The what? lost place. Thank where all you. the lost things go. Where all the lost. <laughs> things I think she may have go. liked Mary Poppins. Um, let's see who else. <laughs> uh, Robin Hood. Oh my God, that movie was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and then you guys, because I didn't see it, but I'm sure it's on your list. Happy Time Murders. Yes, yes. I have it on yes. my list. Yes, I, yes. <laughs> Rama, what's on yours? Um, I have. Uh, let's go with a controversial one. Suspiria. Oh yeah. I did not that. like Suspiria. A lot of people loved it. I don't yeah. know. I don't get it. It's grotesque. I, it's slow. I can see that. Yeah, and it's like it's not even scary to me. Um, number eight. Uh, you, you like this one, so I, I don't. Uh, Dog Days. I didn't like that. One. Oh. <laughs> I know. Kind of like Dog Days. He's a dog. He's a dog person. <laughs> Coming out next. Did you see the trailer? Yes, yeah, she sent me the trailer for it. Rama Wire sent me the, the trailer link for it, and of course, I'm excited about it. I didn't like Widows. Oh, I did. <laughs> see, I thought Widows was again another one of those movies that was oh, very mediocre. Really okay, and I know it's split. It's very split. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of people who really like it, and a lot of people who just didn't like it and, at and, all. And the I heist like was it. so underwhelming. And that's okay though. That's what's in the point of the movie. The point of the movie is women, and I don't know. I really liked it. <laughs> Now, uh, Sorry. Listen okay, to Kim. Okay. She's the woman at the table. <laughs> it's right. it's, it's she, I mean, it's funny because that, you know, I've that I have noticed. It's been more of a divide between mm-hmm. men and women for this movie. Yeah, so it, so. it's very true. Interesting. Okay. Oh, Except but, for Ashley. She hated it. <laughs> there you go. I'm with Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley hated it. She fell asleep in it. <laughs> Fantastic Beasts, The what? Crimes of Grindelwald. Aww. I hated that film. It was such a snoozer. <laughs> well, right. you're, not, you're, not, you're not alone on that. I yeah. think you know, but I loved it. The, Me too. Me too. Yeah, the genie and Jacob storyline was just awful. <laughs> okay. uh, right. Beautiful Boy, of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> more of a disappointment than something I didn't like. It was just mm. more of a disappointment. The Happy Time Murders, what you, what you have, uh, the Spy Who Dumped Me, um, the Predator, and Mile Twenty Two. Yeah. Oh, Mile Twenty Two. <laughs> Mile Twenty Two, and I think 
Oh god, I don't know. I mean, I might have to. I really might have to put Red Sparrow as my number one. But um, <laughs> did you forget about that one? I, I, no, I had it on here, yeah. but I have it like a little bit higher, and I'm kind of like, why did I have that so high? Um, for me, it's a toss between. For number two, would probably be Superfly and Mile Twenty Two. <laughs> I think walking out of i mean i mean i was tortured in red sparrow but i mean watching superfly mile 22 i i i just couldn't roll my eyes any harder and it, I, I just said it made you surprised because uh i like peter berg's uh, lone survivor the kingdom and mile 22 looks like uh, the work of somebody who didn't know how to make films <laughs> Who is this guy? He, did, he definitely has a certain style that was overplayed in Mile Twenty Two. Uh, you know, it's that you know, cut, 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 you know, all this action and handheld. And yeah. And, I mean, I didn't think it was that bad, but definitely not one of Peter Burke's. No, guys. no, and I, I mean, Mark Wahlberg. That's oh. all I have to say about that movie, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, he was really, yeah. He was something else. With his wristband. He went, he went, he went a different direction on that one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, of course, I said Fifty Shades Free. Um, let me see if there... Oh, one, the Meg. Oh, of course. Oh, the Meg. <laughs> the Meg. I can't. The Meg. <laughs> I know the Bears, the Meg. I can't, I can't, I can't say horrible things just because I love sharks. So yeah. Much. Oh, you like Shark Week? Uh, here, okay. here's, here's your surprise for you. Yeah. Since, you know, you said I like love dog movies. One of the worst movies of the year, Show Dogs. By oh, far. You forgot about that. By far. <laughs> All right? I love when dogs are cute and cuddly and they're doing stuff, not when they're doing fart jokes and poop jokes and, <laughs> and, like getting their, and then getting their testicles shaped. No, I'm not, I'm not into so that. So you don't like dogs with Will Arnett? <laughs> <laughs> Will Arnett. I love you, you on Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love him on Arrested Development. Some of the things he does, Batman, but, but my yeah. God, like some of his roles, he needs Blade another. He needs a new agent. He needs a new agent. Show dogs. Um, very controversial one for me is support the girls. I I did not like, like this movie either. either. I I remember I and it's funny because you brought up Quiet Place earlier. Quiet Place is saw at South by, and I think that was like the highlight of South by this year. And then right after it, I saw Support the Girls. And I mean, just like going from a high to like a low of like, let me, when is this over? Let me check, check my watch. Like it just wasn't good. And I mean, Regina Hall, again, she's another incredible actress and she carries this movie. And I feel so bad because she's giving this movie a hundred percent. But I feel like the story and the supporting cast are definitely not. And uh, that was a weak one. And then, of course, I have to have to mention uh, it's high up on my list. Like it won't, if I was doing a 10, it wouldn't be in the 10. But um, Venom for me. Yeah. <laughs> Venom is very problematic. Yeah. <laughs> Venom is very problematic. Literally Venom. The, like I've said this before, but the last like. 10 minutes of the movie is what the whole movie should have been about. <laughs> so it redeems itself to, mm. for me at the very end. But the up that whole leading up to that, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, but maybe they'll do, you know, I did make a lot of money, right? It did, right? Oh, it's yeah. made more money than wonder woman. Yeah. So I'm sure they will do a sequel and mm. then hopefully that can fix some of the, we won't have that origin thing. I mean, origin stories are tough. You know, you really have to, 
you just have to think outside the box when you're telling those stories because you're setting all the characters up and you're doing all of this stuff and so you want to tell the story but then somehow you have to make it compelling and i i think they should just maybe say 10 minutes of oh this is how he became and then you know show him as venom so it'd be my suggestion (laughs) interesting argument to that one of the things that i liked about aquaman was that the movie kind of opens up and it kind of does the origin story in the first 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. And it kind of gives you background on the character, his family. And then it it switches gears and instead of focusing on the origins, becomes like this hero's journey. Yeah. And kind of like finding your, your, your voice, which I guess is partially an origin story, but one that feels a little bit more refreshing that it's not, you know, like it's all focused. Like, how did he get here? How did he get his powers? Like, they just kind of don't even go into that. Where like Venom is just like... The whole entire movie up into the last 10 minutes is that. And you're kind of like, oh, enough of this. Mm-hmm. So just yeah. a shout out to True, Aquaman. It's true. Aquaman did do it well, I thought. Yeah. My uh, honorable mention is Sicario, Day of the Soldado. Oh, okay. <laughs> I liked that one too. Did you see the mule? Uh, I haven't seen the mule. Okay. And, uh, yes. The first Sicario I loved, it was, you know, a revenge. And then oh, this God, clash between so Emily Blunt, who's like, I buy the book between, you know, and that. And then Benny Show was like, no, I, I got to do justice my own way. But this one was just a war on drugs policy. <laughs> I just hated it. Yeah, but I, I thought Benicio still did a great job with that character. I like that character a lot. Yeah. And then the girl was really good. Um, Isabella. Isabella. Uh, yeah, who's also a, an interesting She's a rising star. Yeah. She, I mean, it's interesting because Sicario, I didn't wind up seeing because <clears> I felt like so many people whose opinion I, I kind of trust mm. came out of it and said, like, no, this is not good. So, like, it was one of those movies that I purposely missed. And I know it was out for a couple of weeks. It did fairly well at the box office, but I just avoided it because everyone who I knew said was like, you shouldn't see this. Don't yeah. waste your time. I wish I lit, like, I didn't hate Suspiria as much as you did. I, it's another one where I'm kind of like, it's fine. But uh, I wish I didn't watch it. <laughs> I will say that. I wish I had the two and a half hours of my life back because it, it, it's one of those it movies so that long. like left nothing, like had no effect on me. Yeah. You know, uh, and I and I've said this before on this show and I, I don't mean any disrespect, but I just don't get Dakota Johnson. I just don't get her. Like, I don't get the appeal. I don't get why she's even bad times at El Royale, which is another one of my she's disappointments. Good in that, though. I thought she was good in that. She. It's probably the best that she's done, but like when you compare what she's done in the past and like all the other works, it's not saying a whole hell of a lot. I don't, again, it's just my opinion. But uh, the takeaway from this show should always be that Emily Blunt shines in pretty much anything, <laughs> anything she, she does. does. Yeah. It doesn't she's, matter. It doesn't matter what she's doing. She would be great. She can look horrible and be drunk and like girl on a train or Mario, <laughs> or she can be super pretty Mary Poppins, or she could be like, you know, horribly, you In know, a quiet place, a yeah, quiet yeah, place yeah. where she, oh my God, that scene, that, that alone should give, she should just get special recognition for trying to have a baby quietly. I mean, I just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that's unbelievable <laughs> that scene. I was just, holy hell anyway that alone emily you get the academy award for me just having a baby i mean honestly (laughs) like (laughs) 
<laughs> that was a good reason for an award. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Best childbirth sequence goes to and Emily then the, Blunt. And then the best performance of of a mother having just having a baby and dealing with all that was Tully. Was Charlotte yes. on and Tully. I know we mentioned Tully, but um, you know there were some really good movies this year about moms and that. I mean the realistic, uh, you know portrayal of a mom you know and 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 Charlize was amazing in that film and it's too bad oh. that that came out so early because i think if it came out now she'd be that on, on a lot of the top lists yeah that was that was I'll, her yeah. yeah i mean although i know glenn close for the wife has still got a lot of momentum i think because it's glenn close and mm. she's never won and there's all of that sort of you know behind it um but I, I, I feel like Charlie's got a little bit shafted having oh, come out. She so totally early. did. And, and, you know, speaking of that movie, I feel poor Jason Reitman this yeah. year. I mean, Jason Reitman, who's both these movies, you know, I, I of course, Tully is a lot higher on that on the list of greatness than Frontrunner. But, you know, he had two really solid films. And I just, both of them, you know, two different studios yeah. and everything. And both of them just went kaput. Like they came and went so quickly and it's a shame because, you know, he had such a rough period there for a while. Like he did Labor Day, which everyone really hated on him for. Mm. Uh, I, I like this movie, but men, women and children, I know a lot of people really had issues with that. So to kind of come out and have two really solid films and for them to do nothing. I mean, it's gotta be a little like heartbreaking for him as a, as a director. Yeah. And, uh, but don't give up hope, Jason. No, no please, <laughs> please don't. And, and just sorry, just throwing this in, like you know, with Tully and and Christian Bell and Vice, you know, it, it takes you know, it's, I, I, we know that it takes more than just gaining your weight uh, for a performance to be to, to shine, you know, and because uh, uh, otherwise Jared Leto in that you know Mark David Chapman movie he would have won, <laughs> but he, all he did was just gain weight in that one. So uh, and then compare that to uh, um, John C. Riley, you know, with a, with a putty thing makeup in the uh, Staten Island. Oh, Ollie. thank you for bringing and, that. Yeah, he was but, great in that movie. Exactly. Great. So but he didn't gain weight for that. Yeah, kind of like you know, Gary Oldman in last year's Darkest Hour. Right. So it's just an interesting observation, in yes. my opinion. Yes, transformations yeah. are always big. Well, I, uh, that is, that is an interesting point, Rama. Thank you for bringing but it up. But Charlize and Christian did gain weight. Yeah. Levels, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, this has been an interesting. The last couple of years, it's been all about the transformative performance, mm-hmm. where of becoming someone else. I mean, there, there are a lot, every a lot of years are like. I that, mean, but though. this year, I mean, you like look <laughs> at it's R- Rami Malek, yes. you know, and Christian Bale. Yes. I mean, it's just it, there's a lot of different ones. I mean, Ga- you know, Gary Oldman was the talk of the town last year. Yeah. So. But. And even Lady Gaga and Star is Born. We didn't really talk about Star is Born, which I think we all liked, just yeah. not on our top tens. But um, mm. her, too, because she downplays. And they always love it when you downplay your looks, you know, or where you're looking plain, or where you have a prosthetic nose, or you have, you know, something like that. Academy loves that stuff. I mean, I really, I really enjoyed Star is Born, but, you know... I liked I, the first half, I don't, and then the second half kind of... I don't know what happened no, with me right. for that movie. Like, I came out of TIFF... And I was so high on it. And then, like, as I saw more and more movies, it just kind of got pushed, mm-hmm. kept getting pushed. And it's weird for me to say this because I know, and I, I think we all kind of agree with this, so it's weird that we can say this as a panel. I think Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> stands out more than A Star is Born. Well, I mean, and to give it credit, Star is Born, they did have some incredible original songs Yes. In that. Um, and, and the I live think, concert think, sequ- sequences. Yeah, and I think that that 
you know, alone was was a was a plus. But Bohemian Rhapsody has Queen behind it, of and course. I mean, come on, <laughs> you can't. That last scene at Live Aid. I mean, you just you can't not but cheer. You can't feel like you're right there watching them. I mean, that was the that was the beauty of that movie. I was watching almost that lead up to that to that scene to that you know performance because you feel like you're right there and it's Queen's music. Now you know some people might not like Queen. That's fine. You know, then <laughs> clearly you're not going to like Rhapsody. But is there was, people who don't like Queen? My mother doesn't really like Queen. Interesting. I guess there is people who like also don't I like the Beatles. There are some and... Queen songs I don't like, but oh, there's so many of them I do. So you know. Yeah. But but <laughs> but to your point though. Um, like for example, you know, with All Star, uh, A Star's Born, uh, First Man, the buzz, oh, like yeah. oh my god, the buzz, you know, coming yeah, to yeah, Toronto, yeah. and then it just dies down after the movie premiered in October or arrived in October. Like the, I don't hear any more buzz about it, at least for me. Yeah. Did you? No, I, yeah. I mean that that movie was dead on arrival for me. Oh, uh, you know, so. I've talked talked to you about it. Um, you know, and and it's weird because again, it's not one of those movies where I would say is bad. There's there's elements of it where I think are great, and then there's other elements that I think are very like lukewarm, mediocre. Mm-hmm. And it 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 makes sense to me because what's what I find interesting about this award season, and it's usually how it is in every award season, is that there's certain themes and topics and issues that are are brought up and are at the focus of a lot of these movies. And, you know, when you look at something like First Man, like, what is that selling to an audience? Like, this it kind of feels like, do we really need another space movie? You know, it, what, what, what makes this one stand space out? Space race movie. Yeah. Mm. Space race movie. Well, you know, I, like I said, I think, for me anyway, it was you know, I was watching it and I was compelled by some of the, the visuals. And certainly I mm. thought Ryan Gosling did a nice job with the role because he's a very stoic person. But there was a lot of layers you could see going on, which I thought... Ryan did a nice job with. Um, but yeah, I just was watching it thinking I, I could go see the right stuff. <laughs> I, don't know, I just felt like <laughs> I love there's the right been stuff. movies told of that same thing told better. I mean, Apollo 13. I mean, it's, you know. Yeah. I also, you know, just, just an, uh, a casual observation before we go is that I feel like every year there's a couple movies that come out since we talked about this a little bit earlier that I feel like studios are really wanting to go to bat for or like the studio itself, like they think they're going to have a strong year and they get absolutely like nothing. And this year it was weird because I feel like Universal really got the shit out of the stick with that because they had First Man and then like when First Man didn't take off, they were riding on Green Book. And then Green Book like in the last couple of weeks has turned into this like you know, this one really, you know, like kind of thing. So like, they're kind of like the odd man out. And then I just feel terrible for Amazon. Amazon this year was just, you know. Well, they're kind of still new to the game. They're new to the game, but it's like they have You Were Never Really Here, which is kind of like the quiet one. But, you know, like Beautiful Boy, I think they were hoping they were, for. They were. Suspiria, they were really hoping mm. for. And it just like that. I mean, both of those had no chance in hell. Yeah. Well, you know, interestingly, as we close out, interestingly, though, I am very curious to see how this award season pans out mm. because there is no clear front runner at all. I mean, mm. it's just like you said, Green Book was kind of moving forward, but, you know, there's a lot of backlash against it. And, you know. It's it's the favorites another one that that's getting a lot of I think it's getting more momentum now, 
Um, and it is a weird film, though. Is, is it too weird for the Oscars, though? I'm not sure. You know, so... I don't know. It's it's going to be kind of fun. It's fun. Also nerve wracking because you want you want to pick the right one, but it's going to be hard. I think. It's always. I think that's always hard. I mean, when you come out. Yeah, but usually at this point we have like two, maybe three. I mean, I think. I mean, I think. Yeah, like like the King's Speech versus the Social Network. Yeah. Right? I and last year it was. Uh, well, Shape of Water, Water. was Shape a big, Water. big one. Three, three billboards. billboards. Three billboards. Yeah. yeah. And it was the third one. There was the third one that was sort of getting a lot of. Uh, but those are the front runners, the two front runners, I believe. Yeah, those yeah. were the two front yeah, runners. Yeah, and then the year before that, it was La La Land and Moonlight. Those yeah. were the two. Like, like there was. I mean, this year it's kind of like it's like, will it be Black Panther? Will it be Roma? Will oh, Green Black Book? Black Klansman, I think. Yeah, might Black Klansman. Yeah, might have a good. I shot. mean, you know, let's let's just break down the rules and just give it to Won't You Be My Neighbor? I mean, like <laughs> as like the best picture, you know, like that's it. You know, this is the movie we need right now. Forget about it. Just just give it. Break down like documentary yeah. wins best picture. That would be great. Yeah. I would love to see that. You know, even if hey, even if it's not that movie, give it a free solo or something, uh, <laughs> yeah. which is but another no, it's, thing. It's, it's it's probably one of the the tougher years I can I can remember in a while. Where it's just nothing's just, you know, hitting you over the head going, yeah, this will definitely yeah, win. Because or... you're right, because the critic circles uh, choices have come out. And like, there's no certain common threat, no. you know, like oh. just Roma. Roma is, <laughs> Roma, like, yeah, Roma Roma is across the board. Roma like, comes up in a lot. like yeah. so many. But not many. for Best Picture. In quite a few. Did, was it? Yeah, okay. yeah quite a few. I mean, and, and that just goes I to <laughs> that just goes to Netflix showing their marketing strategy and how much they push this movie. I mean, I posted about this. Like, they have pushed this movie harder than any studio mm-hmm. has pushed any movie in recent memory. And I mean, congrats because they're they're getting all the love that they wanted for it. Yeah, but but will the the foreign film aspect? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. That's a good question. It's a question, right? <laughs> so usually when that happens, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or you know one of those type movies, Life is Beautiful. Life is Beautiful, mm-hmm. where it got a nominated a nomination for Best Picture, but they're like, ah, well, it's going to win foreign films. Yeah. So. Last question then before, and this is absolutely the last because we got to go. <laughs> but would you be happy if Roma won Best Picture? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'd have a party. You would have a party? <laughs> I would agree. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So that's it for this episode. Uh, see us in 2019. That's weird to say. Uh, Rama and Kit, thank you for being on here. Where can thank they you. find you one more time? Uh, at the Movie Kit. That's my Twitter, so please follow me. Um, and I uh, screen pics also on my site. Check it out. And on uh, ramascreen.com, you can find me also on Facebook and Twitter, ramascreen, and youtube.com slash ramascreen1. Ramascreen1. Yeah. Number one. (laughs) That's right. Number one. (laughs) All right. Uh, I am Scott Menzel. Uh, Thank you so much for a great year. Thank you so much for supporting this show. Uh, We'll be back in early January. We're going to probably do the most anticipated films of 2019 in that episode. And uh, just have a wonderful holiday season. Uh, Be safe. Have a lot of fun. And we'll see you next year. Take care. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.